0: is Actually, You Are a runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline. So I wanted to pop in and say, if you are feeling stuck this year, this message is for you. Keep listening. You can now register for the wait list for Year of Growth. Year of Growth is a 12-month coaching program with me where I help you get unstuck and actually create the life you want to be living um, when it comes to taking care of your mental health, your physical health. Uh, gaining confidence, switching your career, or starting a side gig, or really just like overall life satisfaction, your growth can help. I will be your guide as you create your hero story all of 2021. Register for the waitlist so You'll be the first to know when the program opens later this November. All right, on with today's show. So excited today on the podcast. I have Erica Tabor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. So this is our second time together. Um this was really important to have you on just in the last few months, I've made a shift in my business and what I've been helping my clients with. And, um, Eric and I have been meeting every Tuesday for, I think it's been like the last year. Yeah. I think it's it's out there Mm -hmm. and it's been so important during the pandemic. Like so Mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because we already had this established beforehand. Right. And it was something that, and that's just because we're distance friends, right? We're internet friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we like this is in order for us to keep in touch, this is what we needed to do. so,
0: yeah, yeah. and it served, I think that it's just served that person like purpose of keeping in touch, but also just like like mental health. It's been so huge for me. So, um, I shared this with all my clients in I share it on podcast. I'm sure I've talked about it before, but last year around this time, I mean, all of 2019, I was just really struggling. We had just gotten back to Chicago and I don't know. I was like, all right, now you're supposed to start your new life. And I, it wasn't this like smooth sailing. And I started going to my coworking office and the best part of going there Was seeing another human like that was the best part like I was paying a monthly fee To go see another human and have someone talk to me and if I think back years ago the First time I worked with a personal trainer. It was like I liked her and she was a great personal trainer but I was paying to go see someone to talk to like it was like Like just be having human connection when you don't have any It's so important and so I think that that's one of the biggest things of like knowing I'm going to see Erica every Tuesday. I have this in my schedule. Right. Um, yeah, it's been huge for my mental health. So thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <Back at> you.
0: <laughs> um, I'm looking, I have this wall of cards. I wanted to find it. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Um, the more I started learning about anxiety and depression, um, through the CBT cognitive behavioral therapy lens, This definition of depression really stuck with me, and they said, depression is a negative view of yourself, the world, and your future, and that the antidote to depression is develop a daily activity schedule to keep you busy and interrupt your depression thinking and help you overcome feelings of helplessness. And so that was like going to my coworking office last year uh, when I could was one of my daily activity schedules. Um, Meeting with you every Tuesday is one of my weekly activity things. I meet with my friend Fallon on Thursdays. Like it's just this is I have this in my schedule and that human connection is huge. Um, So I wanted to chat with you and your experience kind of being at home during the pandemic. How was that for you at the beginning to kind of where you're at now? Take us through. So
1: the beginning was honestly Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's not really how a lot of personal trainers reacted. Uh, I think on some level, all personal trainers reacted a little bit like this. Obviously, uh, the personal training and the fitness industry are not doing so hot right now. In-person training is kind <laughs> so of coming back in some places. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's definitely uh, not the most lucrative place to be right now. But when this whole shutdown came about, uh, I think our gyms here in Massachusetts shut down I think May, t- March 12th or something like that was the first day that was like officially, gyms are closed. And I was ecstatic. And I think a lot of it was they told us two weeks, right? That's what everyone yes. told us was,
0: it'll be two weeks or two three weeks, weeks and oh then we'll be back God. to normal. Uh, oh, we were so naive,
1: later, right? <laughs> um, you know, so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to take a break from talking to people and their problems and just like, have some time to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't love what I do. But if you've ever talked with anybody that is an in club, person to person, personal trainer, it can be a lot And you have to have a lot of clients and a lot of sessions to, Mm -hmm. um, really buffer yourself financially. So it becomes a lot, right? So I was happy to have a break. And then from a body standpoint, uh, I've had a leg issue for almost 10 years now, getting close to that. Um, I was excited to just have the ability to not spend all day on my feet so that I could focus on my own exercise, like <laughs> on building my own body back up. So in the beginning, super excited. I was like, yes, it's a break. Like, that was good. Uh, as things wore on and it became like less and less, uh, I don't know, easy to keep a positive outlook on my career and life choices, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did become harder. And you know, in in my household, like everyone was working from home, and I wasn't. So everyone else in my house was talking to other people all day. Oh. Okay, but I so wasn't. You were home. I was home, with and I no was work. Yeah, and I was like, yep. alone, right? Mm. Uh, because my boyfriend was still working from home, and he would have meetings with people all day, and he'd have like after work, like. Happy hour and stuff like that. And I was just here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that kind of wore on me. And then I think, you know, it it turned into a lot of anxiety about what the heck the future holds. Like the more we kind of realized, like, oh no, this isn't going away anytime soon. What does the next six months look like? And now it's, you know, really like set in, like, okay, what does the next year look like? Because we'd all like to think it gets back to normal. You know, but I don't think it's going to get back to normal for a while. So there's been a lot of uh, really having to pivot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's been a lot of reflection too, as far as like when I did get called back to the gym, it was a lot of um, I walled up so hard when I had to go back to the gym, as far as I don't want to go back to that life that I had before. Because I think a lot of people are experiencing this where if they had the opportunity to slow down, during this shutdown, if they were working from home and didn't have a crazy commute, if they had more time with their family that they didn't used to have. I think there's this you know, we've had this opportunity to have the comparison of like the American life that is very go 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 go, always in a rush, always eating on the run, always having something else you need to run to, never having enough time in the day to all of a sudden I was home, I had no responsibilities mm-hmm. and Uh, I had time to rest and heal my body and eat well and sleep well and all these things that I always try to help my clients get to, but our lives just kind of get in the way. So it was, it had a lot of good things to it. And it also had a lot of kind of negative things to it too. So I think going back to work has just been, um, hard in the sense that I feel myself, like, fighting that I don't want to get back to the way things were. I don't want to get back to like crushing sales. And also in this time when people are seriously suffering, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, Hey, (laughs) you (laughs) saw him in (laughs) a city. I don't want to be, you know, pressuring people into sales or anything like that. That I think was a lot of the culture beforehand.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I am thinking, I have my little, my little, my little diagram where I have like authoritarian where it's like really strict boundaries, strict structure and like low freedom. And I think about that, like myself when I was a teacher and even after I left teaching, but that like, oh my gosh, like it's just like high stress and like tightness in my chest thinking about being so busy all day
2: Mm -hmm.
0: to like, (laughs) <laughs> summers off as a teacher, not really having a lot to do, and kind of like sleeping, sleeping mm-hmm. a lot more. But also, it not feeling so great because I didn't have like a purpose. Just mm-hmm. like mm, watch TV a lot today. But then, like, how do we create this life where it's like more authoritative, where it's boundaries and structure, but like freedom, and you like you actually like life, and it feels good, and it's not this. It's not that hamster wheel, like we're on this hamster wheel and just like, Mm -hmm. isn't there more to this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this thing, like, I can't get off because I need to keep going, especially when everyone else keeps going. Right. Mm -hmm. I think this was the only time that we'll hopefully ever experience this right where everybody was on hold. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that made us feel okay about it, at least for me. I was like, it's okay because everyone else is on hold too. I'm not missing out on anything. No one's going to judge me for not, uh, I don't know, working or selling as much as I was before because my gym is closed. Yeah. I don't have a- <laughs> Yeah. So it was in some ways a really good break from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So – we were chatting a few weeks ago. We were talking – no, I don't even know what it was. It was a while you, ago. Yeah, and you said something that really struck me, and you you used the words uh, low-energy loops mm-hmm. and high-energy loops. And that – like that – I low – I don't know, and I said it to a client. She's like, oh, yeah, I get that. She's like, I'm in a low-energy loop right now. Yeah. And I kind of like explored it a little bit more on my own in my journal, but – I was wondering, could you explain what that means, like being in a low energy loop, Mm -hmm. what that looks like, and then compare it to like what a high energy loop is? Yeah. Um, So first off, it's kind of interesting because
1: it was my way of summing things up for a group that I had doing some virtual coaching. And it's because we went over so many different subtopics as they relate to health and fitness. And so we went over mindset, we went over nutrition things, we went over sleep and stress and exercise and strength training, cardio training. We went over all of these different elements and I really wanted to put them together because I feel like that right there can be overwhelming, right? It's like, you're supposed to take care of your nutrition. You're also supposed to sleep eight hours. You're also supposed to do cardio and you're also supposed to do this and this and this and this to be a healthy person. So I wanted to sum it up in a way that made it feel more attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to sum up like how it feels to be stuck on one side or the other of these things so a low energy loop kind of refers to how everything influences something else and a lot of uh, this actually comes from my first experience with depression because one of the first books that I ever read um, was by Dr. Daniel Amen, and he went into a little bit more of you know, brain chemistry and what affects that. And that really stuck with me because he would go over things like if you smile, that sends a signal through your body to release such and such chemicals and neurotransmitters. And you start to have a bit of a mood boost, even if you didn't feel any of that before you smiled, because it's kind of this interchangeable loop here. Like I could start frowning and I can start to feel the other symptoms that come with frowning or the other, uh, Chemical releases that come with browning. And so I kind of carried this idea into fitness and energy as well. Um, So, a low energy loop, it can look like a bunch of different things with people. And I think everyone recognizes when they fall into it, when they really start to look at what's going on. Um, But it's kind of this hamster wheel in itself where you feel like you've got low energy and low energy is going to affect things like. I'm going to crave sweets because my brain is saying like, okay, I need an energy boost and some fast carbs would do that. So that might be leaning towards sweets or it might mean leaning for caffeine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both of those things will cause you to spike and crash, right? Mm -hmm. So then you have low energy because, you had low energy and you had to reach for coffee or you had to reach for sugar. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that leads to unsteady energy. And then if you have like all these ups and downs in your energy, you're not feeling so great for exercise, but exercise is a really good thing for helping you keep up your energy. So then you don't exercise. Um, and lack of exercise also makes it so that you feel super stressed. You, yeah. feel like you can't relax. Yeah. So then that might also mess up with your, like it messes up, messes up your sleep. Um, and then because you can't sleep because you're tossing and turning because you're super stressed <laughs> you're low energy right yeah and it's something that kind of keeps going keeps going keeps going uh, but on the other side you can have a high energy loop where you know instead of reaching for the sugar and the caffeine to keep you going if you're actually reaching for some nutritious things that are going to be high in fiber high in protein and other things that help to give you a steady level of energy, and you're not having these crashes, these ups and downs in your blood sugar, you're more likely to have steady energy. And when you've got steady energy, you're also more likely to, at your next meal, reach for something that's going to be nourishing. It's not to say like never have sugar or never have caffeine, but there's a balance here, right? If we're kind of going all sugar, all caffeine, we're never going to get that steady healing. But if you more regularly reach for things that are going to be Um, giving you fiber and protein to help keep your energy steady, you're more likely into your next meal to also reach for fiber and protein to help keep your energy steady. And then if you have steady energy, you're more likely to work out. If you're working out, you're more likely to be less stressed. And if you're less stressed, you're more likely to have a good night's sleep and so on and so forth. And people will get stuck in either of these depending on what's going on in their life and also depending what their uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, what your crutches are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this changes too through life. Like I don't think it's like one thing that you kind of get stuck into. Because um, I've gone through phases where my crutch was caffeine, and I've mm-hmm. gone through phases where my crutch was having a bar of chocolate in my backpack at work to have in between mm-hmm. <laughs> clients to just kind of give me that boost to keep me going another hour and keep me going another hour.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I after talking with you I like wrote out mine and it was like my low energy loops when I was a teacher like court, like I don't even it's the chicken or the egg which <laughs> what started all of this who even knows probably just a like low expectancy of joy in my life and but like yeah like poor sleep being cranky showing up to work and like being a cranky person mm-hmm. eating um forgetting my lunch or not knowing what to pack for lunch. So eating like the free breakfast that like the leftovers that was served to kids, which is cereal bars, which are basically just cookies that they called cereal, you know, breakfast bars. So like eating that
2: Mm -hmm. and then
0: like bagels and cream cheese and then stopping at McDonald's on the way home and getting French fries and then eating a package of cookie dough at home and then, like, being angry and watching trash television and not wanting to wake up to go to school the next day, not wanting to, like, do work again. So it's staying up late and being on my phone in my bedroom. So it's just, like, wonderful. Now let's start this whole effing loop again the right? same day. Yeah. Years and years and years.
1: Yeah. And it, and, and it works that way, too, with mental health, too, right? Where it's just, like... Uh, If you're in an avoidant mindset where you don't want to think about the job that you don't want to go to the next day, you're more likely to stay up watching TV to avoid it. And then you're more likely to get crappy sleep because you went to bed far too late. And then, same thing, you're like cranky, upset, hungry, all of those things like throughout your day because you just feel super low energy. Um, And it makes it much harder for you to make the decisions for yourself. That are going to actually make you feel better and that's the hard thing about getting stuck in a low energy loop and that's why like with my clients we talked about um how we can get out of the low energy loop Mm -hmm. because it's not like there's one set thing yeah i look at it as you have a bunch of different options uh you kind of already talked about how we have this call with each other like Mm -hmm. just having a social accountability of some sort is super helpful whether that's you know someone to just talk to just so like you can get your mood up by having that social interaction or having somebody that is going to be going for a walk with you or anything like that to get you moving uh, outside of that like I have always been someone that to get out of a low energy loop I have found exercise to yeah. be like, an easy way for me to do that And I don't mean like I go to the gym and I have a hard workout out of nowhere. It's usually I start with, okay, I even as a personal trainer, I fell into a loop of not working out and getting really low energy loop stuck. Mm -hmm. If I start walking, I start Mm -hmm. to feel better. And then because I walked, I have more energy. And also because I accomplished something, I had that dopamine response of I did a thing. I'm excited to do another thing. And then I might also, uh, you know, tackle the laundry that's been sitting in the corner of my bedroom for a while and actually fold things and put them away. And then if I actually fold things and put them away, I accomplish another thing and I want to go accomplish another thing. And it's kind of, you get stuck in the other loop. Yep. So it's whichever way makes it easier for people to get back into that higher energy loop. So for some people that might be, um, you know, starting to take melatonin at night to help them get into a good sleep rhythm or uh, quitting the caffeine. That's a hard one. That's one that I've done every now and then to just, Mm -hmm. you know, get me back into a better sleep routine feeling less anxious and feeling like I can make it through the day with steadier energy as opposed to having those crashes of up and down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's something you said that I love too. You were like, so even just okay, so like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start exercising, but exercising doesn't mean I'm going to do a ninety minute class. Exercise just means I'm going to go for a walk. And then getting to say to yourself, I did a thing. Like that, like I think that's a thing that a lot of people be like, Well, it wasn't it's not enough it's not Mm -hmm. enough and it's like it doesn't matter that it's not enough like today it is enough today it was enough because yesterday you didn't do anything so today doing the 10 minute walk is enough right you can't go from a to z like that is your a to b step you Mm -hmm. did a walk (laughs) yes who i don't care what any um productivity author of a book or whatever says like it was enough like Mm -hmm. you did the thing for 10 minutes for yourself pat yourself on the back and do a little congratulatory dance because. Not every author of every book has ever struggled with, like, mental health. So, like, Mm -hmm. maybe that is – you just have to be happy with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and going back to that, like, not all exercise is equal, in my opinion, as far as getting you in or out of these loops. So when you were saying that, that just made me think of one of my clients who we talked about A good thing for her would be going for walks because part of what we decided would make her feel better and move better was to actually decrease her stress because that's something that can impact your movement health and how much pain you're feeling if you're dealing with any kind of injury or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So for her, we're like, we need to go on walks three times a week for 20 minutes. This was also a client that had four children at home and was very busy with all of the home stuff. So making sure her kids got to their activities, making sure she was doing all the laundry and all the cleaning. And that was what she was doing. That was her role in the household. And so she was like, well, Erica, I'm doing like thousands and thousands of steps a day, like going up and down the stairs, carrying laundry and cleaning and carting my kids off to this place and that place. Doesn't that count as me walking? And I asked her, I was like, how do you feel after you've had a day of just cleaning the house like that? She's like, I'm so tired. I'm so beat. My neck hurts, all of these things. How do you feel after going for a 20-minute walk? I feel so much better, right? Like it's like exercise can be very different depending on what it is. To go for a deliberate walk for 20 minutes, even if it is a stroll, Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be a power walk, Mm -hmm. can be huge for breaking this loop because in her case, it was a stress management issue. And going for a leisurely walk, really helped her accomplish that so it wasn't necessarily about like her going out for a 20 minute sprint you know yep (laughs) to get get her heart rate up and burn some calories no Mm. for her it was you need to de-stress so that means you need to put this on hold for 20 minutes and get outside in the sunshine and go for a stroll
0: Mm, I've never used the word stroll but I think I'm gonna start to (laughs) you just get like a different picture in your head of what's happening Mm mm-hmm and it's not about it's not the stroll is not about how many steps your watch tracks or your mm-hmm. pace. Right. And I do like power walking. I have, you know, increase I have decreased my power walking time. It's fun and great, but a stroll has a different purpose than I like that. Yeah, I tell people to go for strolls.
1: And really depending on how people are stuck in this low energy loop, It's that kind of exercise that might benefit them more. Mm -hmm. So this is something, I mean, I'm a trainer that works with people that are mostly injured or dealing with some kind of achiness. So this becomes very relevant in a lot of my client's lives where they have a high stress job. They're also stressed with taking care of everything at home. And they may have some other life things going on, whatever. And then on top of that, they're in pain. That's not somebody that I'm going to put through 45 minutes of HIIT training. Yep. Like they don't need high intensity. They're already stressed <laughs> enough and exercise is stress. Yeah. Exercise is good for us. Exercise meaning planned activity, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it should be hit or all of the things you're quote unquote supposed to do mm-hmm. like doing super heavy lifts or doing a ton of cardio. Burpees. <laughs> exactly. burpees.
0: <laughs> Erica hates burpees.
1: <laughs> Me too. I hate them. But for someone that's stuck in a low energy loop, and a big yeah. piece of that is they are very, very stressed out. Yeah. Adding very stressful exercise is not going to help them feel better, and if anything, that can actually potentially make, uh, if they have an injury, it can make it worse, or it could even make it so that they develop an injury. That was um, me almost ten years ago when I hurt my legs, and I'm still paying for that today. I was in a super high stress uh, life situation and time of my life in general. Mm-hmm. And I was also teaching three HIIT classes a week and teaching spin twice a week and also running. And I was adding stress to my stress and adding that stress to more stress. And it just was snowballing and I broke my body. I literally did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so exercise does not always mean, you know, going hard to get endorphins and get a relief. Sometimes it means going for a stroll. Yeah. Yeah. Or doing something to just get your joints moving and get your blood flowing, it doesn't always mean going
0: hard. Mm, yeah, that's so I feel like sometimes we need that permission from someone else. like we it's always there that like to give ourselves permission, but some for whatever reason, we think that we have to go hard. So when we hear someone that's like a figure of authority mm-hmm. give us permission to ease up a bit, it's like oh, I'm allowed, oh, I'm allowed to do this. I didn't know I was allowed to do this. I'm allowed to just go for a stroll and that's okay. I had no idea. Um, yeah. okay. That's actually um, <laughs>
1: one of the things that keeps me on track with what it is that I need to do to rebuild my body after all the injuries that I've had mm-hmm. is Erica, what would you tell your client right now? And that's the question I always have to pose for myself. Like if I was my own client, what would I be telling me? Would it be I need to go heavier or I need to try harder or I need to, and for the most part, probably not. I'd probably say, nope, you need to listen to your body. Nope, it's actually better for you to get a good night's sleep as opposed to waking up at 5 a.m. to work out before work or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think like asking yourself that is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a question that, more people are starting to pose like uh, I think you and I were talking about this as far as like uh, diet culture mm-hmm. you know would you say this to a nine-year-old girl in your yes. life right like would you well, tell a nine-year-old girl in your life that she needs to go harder and like lift heavier when she's super stressed and like can't sleep and whatever mm-hmm. and same thing for diet culture like would you tell a nine-year-old that she mm-hmm. shouldn't be eating bread right now or mm-hmm. whatever it might be
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love asking that question. If it's not okay for that nine-year-old, then it's not okay for you. It's not. um, Yeah. That's um, last year around this time is like when I was like, oh gosh, like it's, it's going to be winter in Chicago again, like be prepared for this and not like be prepared. Like, Hey, you know, you're about to go into a hole of depression but like hey do things so that you don't fall into a hole of depression like that's kind yeah. of like and yeah. so i'm trying to think like actually i looked in my journal i think the the last marathon i ran was october 12th of last year mm-hmm. and that's like right after that i was like alright you need to get your winter mental health plan in place because it's going to be cold soon and mm-hmm using kind of Jill's, like, three, like, Jill had something when she was talking, Jill Jill Coleman, um, in talking about food. And she would talk about, like, come up with, like, three small habits for yourself when it comes to food. And so I kind of, like, took that and came to mental health. What are three small things you can do for yourself? And it was, like, when I look at, like, these are such small things, but they're also, like, really low energy things that got me out of that hole of depression. And it was, like, Mm -hmm. take your. I take and on a walk. Yep. Take myself on a walk and shower every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And that's it. And like, it's like they making sure that I did those every day. And it sounds so pathetic when I look back on it, but it's not, it's just where I was at. But like, yeah. I needed to do those things
2: mm-hmm.
0: and build off of those things. Now those things are like, natural and habit and automatic, but it's like I needed those things because those things were not happening (laughs) the the winter before. Right. Right. And I think that's,
1: um, I mean, that applies to everybody where it's about finding what is going to be the, uh, least resistance. Yeah. You could meet to get you into a higher energy loop. Right. So I have, uh, in, you know, personal training and nutrition coaching, I have a lot of people that you know they might be like, well, I should just stop eating the sugar, I should stop eating the sugar, I got to stop eating this, that, and the other thing and they focus on like, I need to stop eating these things. And I'm like, how about we add? And how about we add vegetables? So if someone is like stuck in a low energy loop, and one of their big things is food, and food is a big problem with them, as far as that's the kind of stuff that's making them be really low energy, they're having all sorts of symptoms of uh, up and down blood sugar levels. That person is going to have a really hard time going cold turkey and saying, I'm going to cut out all sugar. But that person can probably just add a cucumber to a meal or add some broccoli to a meal Mm -hmm. and start to incorporate more of the high fiber stuff that's going to help keep their energy steady. And if their energy starts to gradually get steadier, it will be easier and easier for them to decrease their sugar. Notice I'm saying decrease, not completely cut it Yeah. Out, right? Like it's about yeah. it's about finding a balance point for yourself so that you feel good.
0: And that's how I look
1: at a lot of things. Like, um, there's a lot of like uh, anti-tupperware culture that's out there right now, I guess, when it comes to like people being anti-diet culture, which I support to a point. Um, but sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I have definitely in more recent years realized the things that make me feel good and the things that I want to keep doing. Mm-hmm. And if I am going to be going somewhere where I know I'm going to have a hard time finding those foods that help so, me have steady energy,
0: yeah, I
1: will bring cucumbers with me, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I will start to bring a vegetable where I know it will be hard for me to find a vegetable because I know that that keeps my energy steady and that makes me happier. It's not about like trying to be skinny or (laughs) trying to lose weight or anything like that. It's about, no, I know I'm going to feel like shit and I'm not going to enjoy my day unless I bring this along so that I can make sure that I have a veggie snack or a protein snack or whatever it is that I think I'm going to be lacking on such a trick like if yeah. I go hiking or something like that and there's only like fast food options around like I'll still get the fast food but I'll have my like snacks that I know help me stay mm-hmm. good with me.
0: I think once I started shifting and started thinking about like I do this stuff for my mental health like you said like I am going to bring food with me and here's how this affects my mental health if mm-hmm. I eat shitty if I only if I'm going to someone's house and I know there's only going to be junk food there cool mm-hmm. I'm allowed to have it but like I'm going to feel like crap, just sluggish afterwards. And when I feel sluggish, I, I just don't feel good in my body. And then I don't feel good in my head. And I've also noticed I like, I don't have like bad body image days anymore. Like my body's not perfect by any means, but like, that doesn't, it's not really something that happens. But the few times that it has happened, maybe in the last year where I've like, been really critical of myself in the mirror, it's on these days that I've had really shitty sleep because I ate like shit. And it's like, interesting. Let's make a connection between these things. Right. When you have shitty sleep, you feel shitty about yourself. So do everything you can to protect your sleep. How can you make sure you protect your sleep? Oh, you can eat foods that make you feel good.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then it stops being about oh my gosh, I'm trying to achieve this impossible body, but like, hey, what are you doing to make sure you feel good in your head and feel good in your body? It's just, it's not how I thought five years ago. Like that was not, it was always, I'm going to eat this way because I'm afraid of the sugar that's there. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And that, and I think that's also like trying to remove things is also just so, yeah, it's, discouraging where if you're like i am adding these things it's empowering it's like i am doing this thing so that i can live my best life right like not be you know skinny or whatever i'm not doing it for that i'm doing it so that i feel my best and i can live my best life because
0: i don't feel like shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's like as you were talking it's like I mean, it's like the law of attraction, whether people in that stuff at all, <laughs> but, but what you focus on expands, if you are focusing on what you're not allowed to be having or be consuming or whatever, that's going to expand. You're going to constantly be thinking about that in your mind. If mm-hmm. you're focusing on, I'm adding in stuff that makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. then you feel good. I know as (laughs) Erica's taking the sip of water, I was like, I, my water (laughs) bottle right now, but like now, like, let me focus on the things that make me feel good. And wow, it's magical. I feel Mm -hmm. good. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Going back to what you just said about like law of attraction, I actually think of it from a, um, I guess I'll call it a psychology phenomenon that we have where, uh, I think Sean Aker, who wrote the book, The Happiness Advantage, Mm -hmm. he called it the Tetris Effect. I think it's called something else, Mm -hmm. technically. But Mm -hmm. he called it the Tetris Effect because he used the example in his book uh, that he was playing Tetris for like two hours straight. And then he walked out of his office into the city. And as he's looking around at the buildings, he, in his mind is going, well if i flip this building upside down it fits right in between these buildings and he's basically playing tetris with the city buildings in his mind because he just spent 2 hours absorbed in that and focused on that. So the idea behind this effect is if we start to really focus on something we start to see it everywhere. I like to use the example in myself where i am a movement based coach so I look at someone's movement and I start thinking about, Oh, their ankle looks stiff or they're moving that way because this is happening at their hip or something like that, because that's like my lens. That's what I see because that's what I have studied and that's what I continue to study. So I'm constantly absorbing myself in it. Yeah. Um, And the same thing goes with, you know, any kind of gratitude journaling, right? That's the whole idea behind gratitude journaling is if I ask myself, what are three things I'm grateful for today? And I force myself to focus on this as time goes on in theory and what's been shown in all studies that have studied gratitude journaling is I will start to have more of a positive outlook on life because I will be constantly focused on what good things are happening. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, law of attraction is really just that phenomenon, right? If we're looking for opportunity, we find opportunity. If we are looking for, the good in a day, we'll find the good in a day, even on our shittiest ones, right? Like there's always a little sliver or something. It's very hard when you're very deep into a negative mindset, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a point where you just really feel stuck in the bottom of a deep, deep hole and <laughs> it doesn't feel like you can really get out. But even at that level, if you start to see just like another little thing that's yeah. like, or Going back to our how to get out of a low energy loop, if you do, one little thing that starts to pull you out of that, exactly. It builds momentum off of each yep. other. and they will eventually get you to a point if you keep going where you feel like you're in a high energy loop instead.? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. That's it. Well when you said the thing about like, "Oh good, I went for a walk. I did a thing. Like I feel like I actually make my clients, <laughs> after you do this thing, write it down. Like mm-hmm. you've been struggling to wake up every morning and you woke up Write down. Great job. You woke up on time. Mm-hmm. You went for a walk. Like it doesn't matter. I don't care how many calories you burn on your walk or what you lifted. It doesn't matter. It was just the fact that you moved your body. I did a thing. And I think when I look back at where I was like, like literally, I mean, 18 months ago, I mean, Do you remember like at our meetup? So we have, so last year, Erica and I worked with uh, Jill Coleman and we had in our mastermind and we had four meetups and I remember showing up to, I think the second and third one, I think I was fine, but the fourth one, maybe the second and third one, I was just like, I was just in such a weird zoned out place where I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what excitement feels like. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. And it had to start with waking up, going for a walk taking a shower. Uh Whereas now, like, it kept building, though, and it just kept building, and it was, like, I think I saw notes of last year, like, wake up at 9 a.m. the latest. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what my goal was last year. Right. And now it's, like, I'm waking up at 5.30 a.m. every day, excited to wake up, but, like, it started with, can you wake up at 9, Jacqueline? Like, come on. But, like, and I think that, like, going – relating this to why I wanted to do this episode of like where people are at right now with the pandemic, like people are still struggling and it's okay if you're struggling because Mm -hmm. this is a fucking weird year. Yeah, And if you're in that place where you're waking up right before your, your morning meeting with your company, or you're not waking up because I don't know, you don't have anything. It's like, it has to just start with like, great job. Mm -hmm. You did this thing. Right. Yeah.
1: There was something that I was thinking of uh, before we got on this call too that um, I'm losing my train of thought, where it's like right now with everything that's going on in the pandemic, it's it's really like a no shit everyone feels this way right now because any conversation we have with people, it's like, hey, how are you? Jacqueline, every time you and I get on our call for the week, how are you this week? We're always talking about the pandemic. We're always talking about what's in the news. We're always talking about these things that are like really bothering us. And like for me too, like being concerned with my career and livelihood and whatnot, we're just kind of surrounded by a ton of negativity right now. And there's not a lot we can do to control that. And there's only so much we can be like, just stay positive. And I actually think there's a point where just stay positive. is actually not very good advice. It's, Because it it kind of, um, it doesn't let us feel those feelings, right? And I think that's important is that we need to acknowledge we're in a shitty time right now, unfortunately. Like, uh, you and I, all things considered, are doing just fine in this time. There are people out there that are doing way worse than we are. And I can't imagine being in their shoes. But I, I think, like, acknowledging, like, how we're feeling about it is important for actually moving on with the rest of our day and moving on with the rest of our lives. Um, so yeah, so it's it's just totally understandable that we'd all be at some point experiencing a low energy loop and feeling like we're stuck in it mm-hmm. and just being told, just stay positive, just mm-hmm. stay positive. doesn't really work because the mindset is going to follow actions in my opinion. And, um, it, it's all going to accumulate, right, I guess is what I'm trying to say, where you can't, like, just tell someone who's feeling all levels of anxiety and depression just being positive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work, in my opinion. I, I like Me and my memory of, like, me being in my darkest points of depression, I wanted to kick anyone in the teeth that said that to me, <laughs> right? But... If I focused on, I need to just go for a walk, I would feel a, a smidge better. I just need to eat good food and nutritious food and I will feel a little bit better. And just letting that snowball process go yeah, um, was way more helpful than anything that was like, just keep a positive mindset. <laughs> uh,
0: the, I think about, um, oh, well, it could be worse. That, like I felt like when, like there mm-hmm. were times that I was in like this deep, dark hole, and it was like, well, it could be worse, so you know, just be just be thankful. And it's like, but no, like it's this this um two-sided thing, and I'm thinking, Jen Centro, I think she says this in you are a badass, that this isn't about denying emotions. You need to True. feel your emotions, like you said, like, because all right. emotions are helpful. All emotions mm-hmm. are valid. All of them um feel your emotions. And also, um, you can do something small. And it, it doesn't, I like, I'm not this jump up and down cheerleader, like, oh, positivity, mm-hmm. you know, good vibes, high vibes. Like, no, no, yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, it just feels mm-hmm. good to not be in this hole of depression. And like, right. I was just talking, I was like, I went for a bike ride today and that was nice. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And there's a level that I just find is almost, um, Uh, of, of that advice of just stay positive, it almost feels like it's completely lacking in empathy for a person that's struggling. Right. Like it it just feels like, can you just acknowledge that I feel like shit and then like, tell me, okay, pep up. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's hugely important too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All emotions are valid. And that's what, I mean, that's part of being human. Like you, I don't know, you just don't have to, No, you don't have to be, like, a super cheery, positive person all the time. That's okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to feel like shit. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's normal. It's normal to feel like shit every once in a while.
1: I'll tell you, being from the Northeast, too, anytime I come across someone like that, and I'd say most people in the Boston area have the same reaction where we can't tolerate people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Not to say we can't be friends, but, you know, in doses. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... Can you share a little bit, so we were talking about, okay, so we are talking about low energy loops, and Mm -hmm. one of the things I liked that you said was there's so many entries into getting to a high energy loop, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, like I think for me, I was like, ah, I have to protect my sleep. If I protect my sleep, that ensures I can go and do things. What has worked for you over the last few weeks Mm -hmm. in being in that high energy loop? Yeah, so
1: I actually feel like I have only just started to pull myself out of a bit of a hole. Uh, One thing that I was really struggling with is, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a personal trainer. I feel like I know all the things that I'm supposed to do to be someone that has their health and works on their fitness and works on their nutrition. It wasn't an issue of like not having the knowledge. Right. So I know on an intellectual level, I need to sleep. I know from my life experience that I do better if I go to sleep by ten. It doesn't matter how much I sleep if I'm in bed past midnight. I feel like garbage no matter what. Uh, and same thing with nutrition. I know what a balanced meal looks like, and uh, I know that alcohol is a downer and all of these things. But I was finding myself really um, slipping on getting my exercise in. Regardless of type, right? Like, even any type, like I was struggling with even getting walks in, Mm -hmm. let alone, you know, the lifts and things like that, that I actually, I know I enjoy working on when I'm working on them. Um, But I found that I was kind of looking for some kind of social connection to get me back to a high energy loop. Because every time I kind of looked at what my issue was, the reason I'm going to bed late is because my only social bubble right now is my boyfriend that I live with and he likes to stay up late. Yep. So I would stay up late and he doesn't like to work out. So we don't work out together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also he's a very heavy food influence for me too, where it's like, he likes to just order the pizza and that means I don't get my vegetables that make me feel good. Um. So having like that kind of social influence, like not to, you know, not my boyfriend, but uh, <laughs> I was having a hard time uh, with being, being my own person in this uh, situation um, and doing the things that I know would make me feel good. Because he was doing the things that made him feel good,
0: right? Mm, ooh, But interesting.
1: I, I yeah. was not doing the things that, were, that I know would make me feel good. Uh-huh. So for me, it was a lot about trying to find a social loop that would help me get back into a high energy loop. Um, so for a little bit here and there, like my boyfriend and I would go for some walks together and things like that. And that was helpful because that was, you know, I had a buddy. Um, so I had that social interaction when we went exercising. So that helped me like get into it and it made it feel a lot better than just going for a walk by myself. Um, but the thing that I just started doing for this month uh was I started going to a gym near me. It's a Chief Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um because I had gone to them before and they're a very, very positive gym. And they're also one of the gyms that in my opinion is doing the best as far as their COVID safety protocol. Um, and so I signed up for three times a week for the month, right. Just to like get me going and give me a boost. And just after day one, I felt like anxiety just melt off me for the next hour. Right thing about exercise though, or like working on getting out of a low energy loop is it takes repetition. It's not like I worked out the once and now I'm good. I'm done. Exactly. (laughs) I worked out the once and I felt really good for about an hour or two. And then like the rest of the world felt like it sat back on me. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, I've now gone five times and I feel like the results post-workout are a little bit better each time I go and each time I build off the other. And it also has ended up with me getting more motivation and energy to do other things. Like we talked about, I did the thing. Yeah. I did this thing, I accomplished something. I feel good because of endorphins. I feel good because I got blood flow. Yeah. Um, these workouts also forced me to wake up earlier in the day, which means mm. I went to bed earlier mm. at night. So all mm-hmm. of those things just kind of snowballed together. So then, all of a sudden, uh, I managed to get my boyfriend to go mountain biking with me, and then we also went hiking. Right? So just because yeah. I kind of got the ball rolling with this one thing, um, that's been something that has really helped me get out of it. So I think the social aspect, especially right now, because I feel like I feel like for a lot of us, that's what we're missing. Yeah. With social distancing. Yeah. Like even if we are doing video calls with people. Um, I think I really got caught on this on Sunday. I saw a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. I miss hugs so much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but like, I'm someone that I hug my friends when I see them. I hug them when I leave them, right? And yeah. that's not something that I'm doing right now. Um, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a silly thing. But that's very much like in you know my culture as an American like we hug we hug family we hug friends um so to not have that is it needs to be replaced by something right so having like more social interaction like when I go to the gym I am in my own pod no one else is allowed in my pod I have my own exercise equipment and whatever but I am still physically in a room with six other people (laughs) So, Seeing like other people, yeah, yeah, the conversation flows, and there's no like, hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can can you you're, me, on me <laughs> you're on mute. You're on mute. Yeah. Hey, can you mute a minute? You've got look yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's none of that. It's like real time conversation. Um, something about having peripheral vision, and people in your peripheral vision also just changes. The yeah. Of it too. Yeah. Um, and we're all there for a common goal, also like that like that's just huge. we're all there to exercise and feel better yeah. um so yeah so those have been the things that I have been doing this month in particular to try to get me out of this loop especially knowing um I'm going to be moving I'm going to be moving to a place that doesn't have as much like good walking neighborhoods mm-hmm. I would say um I'm going to be moving to a place where I have to adjust, like, yeah. as far as, like, different places that I would normally go get takeout at and things like that, that, like, it's yeah. going to give me a little, like, knot of happiness. Yeah. So yeah. I realized I needed to do a lot of work this month to get me back into a high energy loop so I can keep that going as we get into the darker days of winter during
0: COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I want to touch on what you said. So, like, it's so it's, – it's interesting because it was, like – usually okay where am I going with this it's not actually about the thing so like like people's really like food it's not really about food it's about the emotions that you get, and like this workout thing too it's like it wasn't actually about the workout but it was like being at a place and like Mm -hmm. being around people and like like getting to feel like being around people and like yes you were doing something like positive and not destructive like it was a workout club and not a Binge drinking club, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like that. But it's like, um, I think when we start to think about, like, how do I want to feel? I want to feel this way. How, what can I do to help myself feel this way? Oh, I can go to a gym for a month and be in a little pod and wear a mask and be safe and everything, all those things. Or, um, yeah, but it, you know, it's so interesting too. Like, I can tell your energy we're talking about energy but like your vibes your energy is so different (laughs) on today's call than it's been Mm -hmm. like yeah I could kind of see like last week like you were kind of like a little bit more um but yeah I mean like I think at the beginning I think there were just like a lot of where everyone like everyone was like I don't really know because there's just so much uncertainty so much anxiety so much I don't know and I was like okay this is what I can control I can do a couple of things for myself. Yeah, your energy is so different now than it was mm-hmm. even a few weeks ago. I'm glad.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it, it feels much, much better. And it, it's just like, uh, it, I think also like once you get to that point too where you start to feel a little better, you're like, okay, I want to keep this, yeah. right? And you want to keep going. It's kind of this weird phenomenon where when you're in like a, a depressed state where you uh-huh. just kind of weirdly want to stay there. I don't know if you've experienced that, or you're just kind of like, I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to stay
0: here. <laughs> well, I think when I most experienced it in high school and college, it felt like that was all, I, I made it about me, and I made it about the world, and like, this is just what life is like,
2: mm-hmm. you'll
0: always be like this, you'll never... I don't know, just like made up these stories in my head or like the depression made up these stories in my head of like, this is just,
2: this mm-hmm.
0: is, I mean, going to this definition, negative view of yourself, the world and your future. Yeah. I had a negative yeah. view of myself, negative view of the world a negative view of the future. And then when you get out of that and you're like, oh wait, this is what it's like outside of the hole. Right. <laughs> Why the hell would I choose to be in that hole? It's so sunny up here. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, but I also think too, like last winter, it sucked, like or all of last year, it sucks that I experienced that. But I also, I think for the first time learned, Jacqueline, here's what you need to do for yourself. Like you need to learn how to do these things for yourself and not stop doing these things for yourself. You yeah. might need to, you might, there might be a time you need to go to therapy again. There might need to be a time, be a time that you need to have medication again. And that's fine if you, if you get to those places, mm-hmm. but can you make sure that you do these minimums for yourself? Like, can you just give yourself right. that hand?
1: Would you say that your mindset shifted about experiencing depression and that was a big change?
0: Yeah. I think that my under, well, I had never read about depression. Yeah. I had never read about what anxiety and depression was. I just always was like, oh, I had this diagnosis when I was, you know, like 16 and 18 and 20 whatever. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, it, it felt like at those stages of my life, it felt like someone was placing a label on my personality or like my, yeah. and now I'm like, wait a second. It's just how it is. Like yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like, this is because and then like i don't know is it uh nature versus nurture there was like oh you know this is this is maybe your family maybe this is genetics like blah, blah, blah. and then when i was like wait a second i can influence this maybe i cannot mm-hmm. hear this right? But i have some say exactly it took me out of that victim spot mm-hmm. and i don't and i i struggle cuz i don't if anyone is struggling with with mental health right now it's like you're at where you're at and it like it Mm -hmm. feels shitty and it doesn't help when someone like uses that word but I think that I just didn't I didn't know that there was a way out I think um so what made me ask that was uh did you ever
1: read mindset by Carol Dweck no okay so she's a psychology resource okay if I remember correctly um and her whole book is basically on growth mindset yes yes <laughs> right. So for anyone that's unfamiliar, fixed mindset is it sounds a lot like what Jacqueline said in the beginning of like this is what it is. This is my brain chemistry. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. I was just born
0: this way. Mm-hmm. There's
1: I have no influence.
0: That's what Where, was told to me, also. Like mm-hmm. I just want to say that is what was told to me by doctors. Yeah. Like, yeah. That and that honestly was- up my <laughs> beliefs.
1: <laughs> Go
0: on. Right.
1: Where growth
0: mindset.
1: Is basically like okay this sucks right now looks pretty bad but I have influence and I have the ability to change things and you can be fixed mindset about certain things and growth mindset about other things for example I've come across a lot of people in my field of work that they're very 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 successful in what it is that they do as a career so I have trained people that are political figures and academic figures, professors, people that have written like many peer-reviewed articles and books, and you know, they're very accomplished in their fields and they think they can keep pushing and they have a very good growth mindset about themselves in those fields, Uh but then they come into the gym with me and they can't do a push-up and they're like, that's it. I just have never been able to do a push-up. I'm Uh never going to do a push-up and they have this fixed mindset about it and they're like, I'm just stuck this way. Yeah, and I've had people that are in their 60s that are very accomplished, like I said, in their own fields, I've had people in their 60s that are like, I've never been able to do a push-up. I don't expect to ever be able to do a push-up. It's yeah. never going to happen. And then, you know, after a year of working with me, they can do 10 push-ups. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like once they had that little boost to kind of show them that they can do things, then they started getting hungrier for more once they had that growth mindset about it and could realize that they could accomplish these things. Um, but the same holds true with um, depression and anxiety and any kind of uh, mental health disorder, in my opinion, especially after reading what Carol Dweck had to say in her book. Because she talks about um, people with depression who have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I'm trying to remember exactly what she said because it was very interesting. Because She talked about the people in a fixed mindset were more likely to be diagnosed because they fit the textbook look of what depression looks like, where they just feel like they're never gonna get any better, nothing's ever gonna change, that's just how it is, Mm -hmm. and they just fit the bill, right? Mm -hmm. Where people that are experiencing depression that have a growth mindset, they don't always get the, I wanna say she said they don't always get the care that they necessarily need because they're high-functioning. Like they're able to go to work and they still get up and they're like, okay, I'm going to try and I'm going to do this thing today. And they're more likely to kind of um, almost push themselves out of it by continually having this idea that today could be better. Even if today isn't better, today could be better. Mm-hmm. And they have more of a growth mindset about it, That things can change and I can have influence. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I think like going back to everything that we just talked about with like high energy and low energy foods, if you're just like, it is what it is. I've never been a fit person. Uh, Diabetes always runs in my family. So having these blood sugar fluctuations is nothing I can control. Or I've always had hypertension in my family. So there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. And I'm always going to be low energy because I'm always going to keep eating these things. Or I'm always going to feel like this because I have this condition. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yep. kind of something that snowballs. Um, if you've got a fixed mindset and you get like deeper and deeper into that low energy loop. But if you have more, uh, not a fixed mindset, a growth mindset about it and you're like, well, if I start walking as opposed to living my sedentary life, I could start to feel better and I could start to mitigate some of the impact of my family history and so on, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the first time that I was introduced to growth and fixed mindset was when I I left Chicago Public Schools and I taught in a smaller district and we had a presentation about it pertaining to education and our students. And I think at that point I was very much fixed mindset about everything. But it was also right when I was turning 30 and starting to like kind of change the way I did view life and myself and getting into fitness and getting into running and like, oh, wow, I ran a mile like, oh, wow, I ran a 5k. So it's like, it's this hard. I don't know. It's this it's, it's a hard it's hard to kind of navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like It's okay if, like, you're in a fixed mindset in certain areas. Like, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You're not shamed or whatever. Like, we've all been there. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I didn't real. I just didn't realize. No one had ever presented this information to me. Now I see the lights. I see that I can change something. And I'm going to change it a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we almost – we need reminders of our past successes. Yeah. And I look at this as it's very – relative. So I don't know why, but this is something that I've always thought of. I think it's because when I was in middle school, I all of a sudden started having a ton of anxiety about high school because I, for whatever reason, I had teachers that really liked to try to scare us about high school. They'd be like, my high school daughter comes home with a stack of books this big and has homework for hours and hours after school. And I remember like trying to manage middle school homework and being like, it gets worse than this? Yeah. How, how can I do, do that? And then and then I get to college, and it's even worse there. And then and yeah, I remember yes. really freaking out about this as a kid, right? Yes. <laughs> but then I got to high school, and I kind of, like, figured it out. And then I was like, I walked into high school, and I figured it out. And I graduated. So there, right? And that was kind of something that I kind of drew on where I was like, okay, I figured out high school algebra, I figured it out, I passed it, we're good, and then I moved on to algebra two, yep. and then I also did trig, and then, you know what I mean, like, I kind of like, okay, I figured this one out, I can figure out the next one, and I can yep. do that, and I do that for a lot of things, where it's like, okay, as a kid, I was probably terrified to learn how to swim in the very beginning, right, now it's something I don't even think about, it's just, yeah. like, I know how to do, Ooh, yeah. same thing with learning how to drive a car, like when I first drove around my neighborhood, I didn't touch the gas pedal. I just let it roll.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: <laughs> and mm-hmm. I kept my foot hovering over the brake. And I was like, I glued going to, and I lived in a suburban neighborhood with nobody, right? Like mm-hmm. my dad took me out at night when everyone was inside eating dinner too. So it wasn't even like there were kids running around that I needed to watch out for. And I remember being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. And now it's whatever. It's just. Right. It's automatic. You yeah. don't even think about it, right? But in the beginning, that was a hard, scary thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when you draw on anything that made you feel that way, like obviously you're kind of like, yeah, whatever, drive it. it's no big deal. I know. At the, time, at the time, it was a big deal. I was like, I'm learning how to drive. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's important to draw on our past experiences to remind ourselves, I am someone who is capable of doing hard things. This mm-hmm. is just a different hard thing. And that's all it is, right? Um, I don't know if you follow uh, Natalie Hodson at all. Mm -mm. Uh, She's uh, more of a fitness entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. she does a lot of hiking and she has two young kids and she brought her kids for their first backpacking trip. So Mm -hmm. out in the woods for the night, whatever. And the mantra that the kids had, it was so cute because, and there was something that like she as a mother was teaching her kids was that we are a family that does hard things. Mm. So we're not going to complain for this backpacking trip.
2: Mm -hmm. And I want to
1: say her son was like seven, Mm -hmm. eight. Mm -hmm. And like half of her stories, he's like, yeah, so I really wanted Cheetos, but we don't have any Cheetos. So I'm going to eat like (laughs) some nuts and stuff. And I'm not going to complain because we're a family that does hard (laughs) things. And it was kind of the mantra. (laughs) And, I resonated with that so much. Like this kid just being like, we're a family that does hard things. And that's something that has stuck with me where I'm like, I'm a person that does hard, does hard things. things. Right? I am a person that can figure it out. Mm-hmm. I am a person that can adapt. I am a person that can get stronger. Mm-hmm. I can do this thing.
0: I'm just thinking about like, if someone spent their morning, start like saying those, I'm a person who does hard things. I'm a person who adapts. I'm a person who figures things out. Mm-hmm. Like if those are the, you know, the five thoughts that go through your head first thing in the morning, like what the rest of your day looks mm-hmm. like versus, oh my gosh, everything's so scary, which is how I grew up. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I, there's so much homework. There's so much to do. I'll never be as smart as everyone else. I'll never be as pretty as everyone else. I'll never be able to, oh my gosh, I don't think I can handle that. But like, no, I can handle things. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look perfect, but I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the important thing too, right? It's it's kind of like kind of like the meme, like, but did you die though? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like worst case scenario, like, what is the worst case scenario, and is it really that bad? Mm-hmm. And I kind bad. of feel like even just in this time of COVID, I experienced that because I remember the week leading up to the shutdown is when. Clients were dropping like flies for me in the gym. Like, people were starting to be like, I'm not comfortable coming in. I'm sorry. And I was like losing sessions left and right. And I was like, Oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then it happened and it shut down. And we were all stuck at home and my job wasn't there anymore. Yep. And guess what? I figured it out. And I still still have had a roof over my head and I still have had food. And it's kind of like at the end of the day, like, not to say like, you know, it could be worse, but it could be worse. Right? Yeah. It's yep. like, you know, it's like I've had some struggles, but at the end of the day, I'm okay. You're and
0: okay. I'm conscious here.
1: Could be okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: I want to give another definition that really resonated with me from another book about a CBT book. But they said, so when we were talking about anxiety, I grew up thinking anxiety is just – um I just was thinking about the physical sensations. Like, oh my gosh, I, my chest is tighter. I like, like, I just feel, I feel anxious, but no one ever like, what does that mean that you feel anxious? Mm -hmm. When I read this definition, it, everything that you said, anxiety is future oriented thinking with things of danger, threat, and vulnerability. We overestimate the danger and we Mm -hmm. underestimate our ability to cope with it. So it's like, oh my gosh. And then our anxiety asks, what if? What if I lose my, lose my job? What if all these clients, um, cancel and I don't have any money coming in? What if, what if, what if? And we just like fall down that rabbit hole of like, Mm -hmm. what if, and me, for some people they're like, okay, I'll figure it out. Like my natural thing is I'm going to go into my bed and cry and I'm never going to get out because, oh my gosh, you're right. I can't handle this. Mm -hmm. But then like you said, well, actually there's been a lot of shit in your life that has been fucked up that has not gone right. And the truth is you have handled all of it. Maybe right. not the best way. Maybe you've messed up, but you're still alive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, like you're okay. You're alive. So you're okay. It's
1: really a lot of like poking at our belief systems kind of. It is. Right? Like it, it's just it about, is. you know, even going back to like all the things that we're quote unquote supposed to do, right? Like, We are supposed to own a home by such and such time. We are supposed to have kids by such and such time. Like just like basic life things that I
0: feel like you and I have talked about like the American dream the past couple weeks where it's like, but is it my dream? It's not my dream. Wait a second. I think it was my dream because I thought it was supposed to be my dream at 18. Exactly. like,
1: but why can't we live life? differently or why can't we be someone that is more of a nomad or why can't we be someone that um you know just again lives differently yeah yeah so it's like it's like like what what is the What's the downside to that, right? Like, we were talking about how, you know, we at times have had a really hard time believing that someone could potentially live like that. Like, I was talking about my friend that's in Thailand, because she just feels like being in Thailand, mm-hmm. and she found a job there, mm-hmm. and we're going, like, oh my God, what about health insurance? What about a 401k? What about, and it's like, she figured it out. Yeah. She's alive. Mm-hmm. She didn't do it the normal way, mm-hmm. but she figured it out, and she's doing just fine, she's right? Yeah. And the same applies to just about every aspect of life. Like it doesn't need to go perfectly. You can probably figure it out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I feel like the last three or four podcast episodes, interviews that I've done, it's always come down to beliefs. Mm-hmm. What, what are your beliefs about yourself and about the world? Cause that's gonna, I mean like, and if you, you have this like, oh my gosh, it's supposed to be like this. And if it's not like this, then Everything's gonna fall apart. Then it's like, yeah. Then you like everything does fall apart because yeah. you you can't do that, right? Because yeah.
1: because you had everything invested in that, right? Yeah. And you, you couldn't look at it in a different perspective and realize that okay, it's not that, but could it be this instead? Yep. And is that just fine? Yeah. Pinders. And going back to what we were talking about about like having the belief that or growth mindset that we can get better at things and we can do things better it's just kind of like if we're like I have just I always go back to fitness because that's you know my sure. job but um you know I have just never been a fitness person and I kind of like that's like is that true did you never like play on the monkey bars as a kid did you never ride a bike did you ne-? you know what I mean like it's like is that true mm-hmm. and are you sure? Right? Like, I think those are two mm-hmm. questions to is ask. Is that true? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think anyone could, I think anyone could be a fitness person in the sense that they are someone that takes their fitness
0: Yeah. Theory,
1: right? They take care of their cardiovascular health. They take care of their movement's health. And, right. Um, you know, I don't think it needs to be that everyone is either – an elite athlete somehow right? well and it's not right and that, that's kind of the thing It's like, that i'm not an thing. elite athlete it's like great that doesn't mean fitness isn't for you and unfortunately the fitness world doesn't do a good job of marketing to everybody to let them know that they can also be fitness people but <laughs>
0: <laughs> this podcast we're recording it used to be a running podcast and now it's an everything podcast but the <laughs> title of it was actually you are a real runner and it came from that exact thing mm-hmm. i we talked to so many people and they're like well i'm not like a real runner because i like I, you know, I just, I just run, you know, I just ran the Boston Marathon, but I didn't like, I wasn't like the, like you, you qualify through the Boston Marathon and you're not allowed to call yourself a runner or like, yeah. Oh, like I, you know, I just run like a couple of 5Ks every year or, you know, mm-hmm. I just run a few times and it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it's not just, right. the runners are not just the people, the elites of the front, fitnessy mm-hmm. people are not just the people on the covers i wouldn't call myself into fitness and yet i like like go to crossfit like four times a week ride my bike for 30 minutes every day lift and stretch every morning but i'm not on i'm not on the cover of a fitness magazine yeah i don't know it's so funny right it's like i don't know
1: like even i find myself like getting into that when it comes to i mentioned earlier that i went mountain i think i mentioned i went mountain yeah. biking uh, last weekend, and I'm not good at mountain biking.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that there was skill in I'm just like, oh, you just like ride a bike. I don't even know. <laughs> See? No. So the outside world, we don't know.
1: I, I'm just like, I'm in, by, mountain biking. Like, I'm not doing downhill. I'm like, right? I'm like doing rolling hills in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And I'm walking most of it, right? Oh. But I'm like, but I still went technically mountain biking. So I am someone who goes mountain biking. So therefore I am a mountain Mountain biker. biker. I'm not any bit good at it. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day that I break a collarbone. But (laughs) I'm definitely someone that has done it. So.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, you know, the other thing I was tutoring at a center. So this was, I was Tutoring and I had to tell like my student, like, hey, I'm not gonna be here next week. I'm running a half marathon. And I came back like the following week or whatever, and he was like, Did you win? And I was (laughs) like, No, no, I'm not like a real runner. And he was like, But I was like, Yeah, like we 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 dress up six-year-olds in soccer uniforms. Yeah. Where like their shorts go down to their socks and they look like an effing mess, and they're so cute, and they're all like running around the ball but like we're like yeah you're soccer players like they don't know what the hell they they don't know what they're doing but we're like yeah
1: five year olds have you ever seen like a five year old soccer practice it's like 10 of them around yes, the ball yes it's the ball, best. Can't, like in the same six. that you
0: know box, yeah no one
1: knows how to spread yeah
0: out. <laughs> but we're like cool so you're soccer, soccer players. <laughs> players but then like us as adults oh i've only just been doing this for like 3 years like i'm not really mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: I think there's, you know, there's saying, like, what your level is and, like, what your abilities are, and then there's just being, like, completely dismissive of what you've accomplished, right? (laughs) And I think that's why I thought of the mountain biking bit because going Mm. back to, I'm a person that does hard things. I am, like, swearing the entire time I'm going over every single rock and root and, like, nearly getting taken out by a branch every other, you know, yard or so. But while I'm doing that, I'm, like... Erica, you have accomplished things that are just as scary before. Like you learned how to snowboard, which really fucking sucked. How to, like learning how to do yeah. that. But you did it. And you got hurt a bunch of times, but you did it. And it's something that you enjoyed, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of keep going back to that when I'm in the woods on a bike and I'm trying to figure out how to accomplish this. And it's like, it's something that honestly just takes practice. And with mm-hmm. practice, this is something that eventually feels easy. And I keep looking to my boyfriend who is good at mountain biking. And I'm like, he's doing it. There's literally no reason I can't also do it. Like, we have the same physiology for the most part. Like, if he's a man, whatever. But at the same time, it's like mm-hmm. as far as, like, muscles and mm-hmm. neuroscience and all of that, like, mm-hmm. his muscles and his body and his eye coordination figured out how to do it. There's no reason I can't either.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Like, it's, there's no real difference here. It's just a matter of, like, do I believe I can? And am I going to consistently try? And if I believe I can and I consistently try that's just the formula for getting better at anything
0: yeah yeah I have my little have you ever seen my little iceberg thing that I use with people where it's like it's yes. like actions outcomes but it's like what are your beliefs your thoughts emotions and then like boop because like great we did this again and like the reps like that part like it's not just that like once like yeah you mm-hmm. gotta do it yeah and we forget that as adults, though. Like, we think, like, either, like, I have I think I've seen this on a meme, but, like, oh, man, I can't wait to discover, like, that one hobby that I'm just, like, good at, like, on the first day. Like, right. I want to go snowboarding and I want to surf, but I just want to be good at it. Like, I don't want to have to go through...
1: Don't want to have to Stop. try. Can it just happen to me? I,
0: yeah. I'll
1: tell you, I get clients, like, that for fitness. So like, <laughs> I just want fitness. To, like, they don't say this, but, you know, okay. if it basically comes down to They just want fitness to happen to them. <laughs> uh,
0: for sure. I just want to be able to do a pull-up. I don't want to have to I, – I want to be able to do a pull-up, but I don't want to have to do all the shit to do mm-hmm. a pull-up. And guess what? I've never been able to do a pull-up because – Right
1: right because right. you yeah. gotta believe and then consistently try
0: actually practice doing pull cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> no oh yeah. yeah shit i think that, that comes back to like another phrase um that Jill coleman also used a lot where like action breeds confidence mm. um i think she said that one and there's a fuller quote that i wish i had on hand that um oh, maybe i'll just send it to you afterwards but action breeds confidence like the more action you take and the more you kind of prove to yeah. yourself again that you can do hard things, the more confidence you have to then go do more things. So going back to our high and low energy loops, it all like kind of loops in with yeah. mindset as well, too, where it's like if I do this thing and I feel better, then I kind of prove to myself that I can feel even better and you keep going and keep going. Yeah. You know.
0: Exactly. Right. No, and that's that. like, yeah, bringing all this together. Like last year I was like, wow. I didn't fall into this depressive hole in winter. Like, I guess, I guess I'm not just a depressed person all the time. What else can I do? Like, what else? Right, right. What else? And like, you know, the shock of being home from the pandemic, like that was definitely there. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like, oh, well, let me just pick up doing the things that I was doing and see how that, oh, okay, great. Everything's okay. This is what I can control right now. Right. I control anything else right No. Right, yeah, no, there's a lot we can't control
1: right now, but this we can,
0: yeah, and I feel like like I just feel more in control of my life, like in control, there's still you know there's still variables, of course, but like oh i I can control what I do first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and I can control what time I go to bed, right, and I didn't have that, but I didn't have that, yeah, months ago, right, yeah. Yeah, I
1: think uh, you just made me think of one other thing where I had a client that went through my group coaching and we talked about this high and low energy loop and we messaged each other and she was just kind of filling me in on how she's been doing. She's like, I fell off the wagon. I haven't been doing my exercise. I feel like crap, but I have been trying to, you know, eat my vegetables and things like that. So she was doing some of the things still. And I said to her, I was like, that's actually really important that you fell off the wagon. Because, how did that feel? It didn't feel as good as when you were in the high energy loop, did it? Because yeah. of that realization of, or that contrast really, of, yes. I felt what it was like to be in a low energy loop. I felt what it was like to be in a high energy loop. I realized I don't like the low energy loop, but I also realized that I am a person that's capable of being in a high energy loop, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's, I went backwards, I went back to the way I was. Uh-huh. I failed, right? But really, it was an opportunity for you to see the contrast, realize you don't like the one and realize that you are capable of the other. Yeah. And I think that's just as important as Yeah. learning any of this. Like you need to experience it too.
0: You need to experience mistakes and mm-hmm. know that you have the power to get yourself back up. Right. Mm-hmm talk shit about whole 30 that's why whole (laughs) 30 (laughs) was that's why whole 30 fucked me up though because whole 30 is do this thing and do it perfectly for 30 days and if you've messed up you need to start over on day one instead Mm -hmm. of just we'll just start again it was like no like i gotta wait till the beginning of a month or Or just
1: eat some broccoli not two bags of broccoli
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know but like yeah but like. It just, it was that, I mean, it's that all or nothing mindset instead of just, we'll just do a little bit, just, just do a little bit and then keep moving on. And
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think asking yourself, like, what's the easiest thing I could do right now mm-hmm. to feel better or yep. two, what's the easiest thing I can do right now to improve my fitness? Um, I think you've had uh, probably more people where you're talking a little bit about like the daily habits and nutrition than I am just because I tend to focus on the actual workouts with a lot of my clients mm-hmm. um but if you if I tell someone in a session that they just need to wake up and drink a glass of water they're kind of like what the heck does that have to do with anything yeah <laughs> right yeah. it's like well you're telling me that you're not drinking any throughout the day yeah. like and they're like well no I told you that I need to solve this problem and they can't see the connection right mm-hmm. I I think like it's hard for us sometimes to picture that all of our actions compound. So we keep bringing up all of our favorite books, right? Yeah, I so know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <effect>. <laughs> some affiliate plugs and here some Yeah, right. <laughs> we
1: should have these uh, authors. on the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but the compound effect is not yeah. exactly. What I yeah. Love. Um, and that, it is what it is, right? It's it's what the title is. It's like everything compounds. If you live a sedentary life, it's not like you wake up one day after being sedentary and you have heart disease. That's not yep. going to happen. Yep. It's day in and day out. I live a sedentary life. I don't necessarily focus on my nutrition. And over time I develop heart disease. On the flip side, it's not, I went for one walk today and I had one salad today. Therefore I am a healthy individual. It's something that compounds over time. Yeah. So while something like just waking up and drinking a glass of water feels like such a stupid, you know, was the word I'm looking for, uh, you know, it's an unimpactful thing. Yeah. It really is something that can accumulate over time. And going back to our loops, mm-hmm. if I do that thing every morning and I kind of get like confidence because I did this one small thing to help take care of myself that also is likely to boost my energy, then I'm more likely to do another thing, like maybe incorporating a green smoothie into my breakfast to make sure that I'm getting some vegetables in the morning. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds if you have that mindset and uh, look for those opportunities to build it.
0: Yeah. That's huge.
1: Yeah. That's
0: wonderful. Erica, this has been amazing. I don't know if, that I've ever recorded a podcast this long. I was right. just going to
1: say, like, <laughs> I feel like if, if let, left to our own devices, you and I would just stay here
0: talking. I know. I was like with examples left and right. And you like, don't have anything else to you. Sorry. <laughs> um, so you have, so it, if people want to get on these high energy loops, how can they, how can they find you? (laughs) What can they do? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, so so that's important too, right? Is like, how do you do it? Great. It's a great thing to understand the concept, but now what are your steps? Um, And I think it really does vary. Um, I do think this is where a coach is very helpful just to have a third party person in your life that can be looking from the outside in and might be able to see things that you don't necessarily see because um, I'm sure you feel this way too with your clients where like over time you kind of feel like you figure out what their patterns are Mm -hmm. and you can sometimes be that perspective that helps them realize that no, it really is just the glass of water. You just need to have the glass of water and I swear everything else will build off of that. (laughs) So getting a coach can be very helpful, but if getting a coach is not in, Um, it doesn't make sense for you right now. I think what's really important is just kind of looking at all the different areas that can potentially impact your energy, which really kind of translates to what impacts your wellness. And I say wellness because that means, um, health and fitness, but it also means like your social health and your financial health and all of those pieces, right? Um, look at your wellness and see which areas you feel like you're struggling in. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, what is the easiest thing I can do that can okay. help me step into a higher energy loop here? Because if you're looking at all of it and you're like, all of it's shit. Oh, well, I don't know what to do. It can be very overwhelming, but just pick one and stick mm-hmm. to one for a week. Mm-hmm. I know that can be hard for people because it's usually where, it's, again, this all or nothing kind of reality, Yeah, what is your mentality, Right? let like, do everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just do one little thing. And and I like addition as opposed to subtraction. So. <laughs> that's where like i'm gonna uh, if i end up in a bad sleeping habit i actually add melatonin as opposed to take caffeine away first mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i find that easier so i think like asking yourself those questions um can be hugely helpful and hugely beneficial and then asking yourself like why do like if you find like your thinking you're not going to get any better. you got to ask yourself, why? Why is that? Why do I think that's true? And am I really sure that it's true? Yeah. Um, and poking holes in your beliefs. Right.
0: I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. Where can people connect with yours? The best place to find you? Uh, Instagram is easiest at the moment. Yeah. Um, that would be at
1: coach.erica. Erica spelled with a K. Um, so if you can't find me, you probably felt it wrong. And that's really where I'm doing most, um, interaction right now. It's just on Instagram. Awesome.
0: Cool. Yeah. I'll put some links in the show notes so people can connect with you and they can listen to our old, um, our other episode about injury, but what was it? Oh, um, we did running basically. Yeah. It, running and not couch yourself how to <laughs> I did not go from couch to 5k to physical to therapy PT, yeah, yeah that's what <laughs> people like that awesome thank you so much erica all right don't forget to register for the year of growth wait list uh, you can go to wwwimperfecteatingcom slash or you can click the link in the show notes next week i'll be back with some more updates about my knee and my hip good things happening really good things happening i'm really excited Have a good week. Take care, guys.